The Right Hook. It's time now for travel. And of course, at this time, every week, I'm joined by Moncon McGann, our intrepid traveller, I think it's fair to say, Moncon, because the way you do this, and I was thinking of you while I was away on a holiday, and I was, in fact, um, on the beautiful island of Bermuda. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, I wonder could I replace you now with a program about Bermuda. But I said I'd let you go. And I'm delighted to see you're going to America. Where? I'm going to go to like one of my favorite corners of of America, New Mexico. In fact, I'd, I mean, I need to do a few different slots about different aspects of New Mexico. But this, I want to do the north of New Mexico, basically the area around Santa Fe. You're only going to take one part of New Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Just because it's rare you're going to get a place that is d- that deep in both traditional culture that like, you know, the oldest state capital or the second oldest state, the oldest state capital is there. The second oldest city in America is there. And yet all this contemporary stuff as well in phenomenal, in really beautiful landscape. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you don't want this about... There's only about six weeks of the 52 in which it's livable. <laughs> no, no, because the desert light is so gorgeous anyway. That's what makes beautiful. And so, you know, in future programs, we'll, we'll look at the site. We'll look at Albuquerque, maybe at Lincoln at Lincoln City and Silver City. But uh, no, the thing about Santa Fe is it's that, like, so it's a, it's a desert. It's a north desert area with mesquite bushes and high Sierra mountains. And then these, these Sangre de Cristo, these the blood of Christ mountains, these burning red mountains. And in among them are some of the best city, the most cultural cities in America. Santa Fe being the prime one. And this was a city founded in the 16th century. So it's all centred around the plaza. They had this visionary idea that they would keep the original one-storey adobe, low-hung adobe, you know, in other words, mud wall buildings that were built in the 16th century when the conquistadors first arrived there. And so all the buildings in the centre are that same type. In other words, really thick, like sandcastle walls, but low, one-storey high, and right in the centre is the plaza with the original Palace of the Governors, which is where the first uh, sort of Spanish leader settled in 1604. And then when the, the Pueblo Indians, the Indians all attacked them, it's where the Spanish took refuge. And it's still in the centre, still the main building on the square, now sadly pa- like populated at night, well, during the day, by Pueblo Indians selling their traditional silver uh, bits of jewellery and their sort of um, pottery. Uh, and then at night by sort of drunken Indians who have been just cast aside, mainly have come from even for, further north in, in New Mexico, places where they're still being attacked. Like where I was there, there was an Indian had just been beaten to death uh, by, by people shouting, you know, die nigger, sort of Indian. But the, the interesting thing, mm-hmm. I think, about the Native American, as you know, we can't call them Red Indians anymore, the Native American, is that people have got all upset about uh, black Americans about black Africans, mm-hmm. uh, about Protestants, God save us, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like every minority that one could think of has champions. Yeah. And the Native Americans have none. No. And and it, in fact, it's America's greatest shame because it, it was, uh, they 
they they literally killed off mm-hmm. an entire people. Exactly, yeah. And they've just left those that are remaining weakened, sick, with diabetes, with alcoholism. So there is, there's a separate hospital, almost as like a system of apartheid. There's the Indian hospital just outside town. It never receives enough funding. It receives about 50% funding. And the, the Indians, or the Native Americans, the Pueblo Indians is what they call themselves there, they know it's just to keep them, the diseases low enough among them that they won't spread the diseases to the white people, but they'll, they themselves will keep on getting the same TB and keep on being weakened and dying out. So it's tragic in that way. But, okay, for, why would you go, you don't want to go there for a depressive lesson. In, yeah, so in why would politics. you go there? I'm just thinking to myself, <laughs> why would I want, now I've been to Albuquerque. Yeah, uh, that's sort of grim. It's a bit soulless, Albuquerque. Yeah, you know, but I haven't been to no. Santa oh, so, Fe. So, I've been to New Mexico. Okay. So I, 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 I see, I, not somewhere I liked really. I just thought it was a kind of another desert region. I know, but that's because you were in the south of it. South is just flat, arid, burnt out desert, like for nothing to see. But it, the beauty of the of the, of the north of it is... the is, mountains. Exactly, the mountains and this great, the Rio Grande running through the uh, running through it. So this provides lushness on either side. And basically, basically you're staying on that Rio Grande River. Taos and Santa Fe are both are both near there and then the mountains are splitting them between. The, the classic landscape, the way you know it is from those beautiful Giorgio O'Keefe paintings. In other words, these hyper colour, multi-textual, multi-sort of um, pigmented canvases. And that's basically what the landscape looks like. But you're staying in Santa Fe, which is, I say, traditional 16th century architecture, phenomenal food, because what's happened now, it is the second leading art market in America. So you can imagine New York, Manhattan is the main place for art galleries. The second main place is Santa Fe, in the middle of the desert, like a tiny population. Really? People fly in, they fly in to buy the best high-quality art, which, like, artists have been coming there since 1898. Like, D.H. D. Lawrence, you know, uh, Carl Jung um, so many sort of visionary people Dennis Hopper came and that's why he sort of inspired to make Easy, easy Riders by, by going to Taos um, so they still come and they come along to Canyon Road which is where all the galleries are settled and there's about 100 galleries and Canyon Road is so Santa Fe was where the Camino Real this road that came up from Mexico the one safe road that you could get without being attacked by banditos met the Santa Fe Trail which was the way of crossing East to West America. So they met on that plaza, which is why that palace is still there, which is still the centre today, untouched since it was that time. And then Canyon Road, the road out along the Santa Fe Trail, is still this windy, little narrow road on either side, phenomenal galleries. And then Friday night there's openings. And so you can just go and you're meeting all the folk. I mean, they're highly sort of liberal, highly arty, highly sort of rich and all, all sort of good Democrat um, winning uh, sort of voting people. So it's a bit like being Granite Village, but in the middle of the desert. Now, the things are, they have this extra money. So what they've decided, they'd make themselves the centre in America for opera. So right outside town, they've built a phenomenal state-of-the-art opera house. Have the in money, Santa Fe? Yeah, yeah, in the desert. And because, so they have none of the poshness, you know, the elitism that is attached to opera in the big cities of middle Europa or, or even in, in Britain. Or uh, even in places like Philadelphia or Chicago. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you dress whatever you want. You go, you sort of, you know that thing the American goes, everyone drives in their car before a football match and they all drink and eat food in the, in the, in the, in the car. That's what they do. They all turn up early in the car park, bring little canapes, have a little picnic in the desert with the sun going down over the mountains and then wow. go into this evening. It's it's phenomenal. And then like in the winter time as you say you just half an hour up the road and you've got phenomenal skiing. Um, so you can go out there and ski. Exactly. Yeah. And you're still getting beautiful light because you've got this desert crystal clear blue light uh, and then great you know uh, great, great skiing. So right north of it is Taos. Now the first thing is Taos the town and Taos Pueblo. Taos is even more liberal, more arty. 30% of the inhabitants classifies themselves as artists. 
30 <laughs> percent there's over 100 galleries there now listen just before you get carried away we yeah. have to get to this place yeah. right yeah. we have to get Santa Fe so presumably you take if you were going from Dublin mm-hmm. Aer Lingus are now are going to San Francisco yeah. next year they go to Los Angeles, Los Angeles right. so that'd be the ideal way to go I would have thought yeah. and then pick up a, a quick flight it's down from Los Angeles or New or San Francisco. As long Have as you a better idea? No, that is a fine idea as long as you're willing to pay for your glass of wine on the plane that Aer Lingus now insists on. It, it just seems the most greatest insult to humanity. We all want to support Aer Lingus. We all want to cross well, the Atlantic. Oh, well, now. We're talking about Santa Fe. <laughs> I'm, I'm letting you talk about this. What glass of wine do are you know, you, you know, when you, you, when you fly Aer Lingus now, you have to pay for your wine. You but get your meal free. But you, you pay for your wine on every aeroplane. Tell me an aeroplane. Uh, a a cross-Atlantic plane. No, no, they give you one glass of wine with your dinner. Anyway, yeah. But I do agree. I I would much prefer to fly with Aer Lingus because it is more direct. It's going to cut down in time. And you can, as you say, because of all these links... But but that said, they need to at least give one glass of water. Right, but right. so you fly. I'll, I'll, may, I'll write a letter. <laughs> I do. Very good indeed. <laughs> right, okay. um, glass so, of wine. Honest to God, you get the best service across the Atlantic. You get a, you get your immigration and your customs. I'm just back, like I, know. I, I flew over and back JFK because yeah. then I picked up uh, a flight down to Bermuda okay. with American Airlines. Uh-huh. You have no idea. How advantageous mm-hmm. clearing customs and immigration is at Dublin. You're so right. It's worth the 250 for the glass of wine or the five. Do you know how long it takes to get from the end of the queue mm-hmm. at security? And this is security. There's no immigration in Chicago. Takes about two hours from the back of the queue uh, to the front of the queue. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. And you get all this claptrap <laughs> saved you. So yeah. I won't hear a word said against you. No, and as well, language. actually, just even to, in terms of flights, let's say you're, you want to get to Santa Fe, which I want people to go to. If you go with American Airlines, it's going to cost 1,200 euros. At the moment, you can go there for half that, for 600 euros with Aer Lingus. It's a long flight now. You'd be going to you'd be going to, to Seattle first. And no, then, you wouldn't. No, you'd be going to yeah, Aer Lingus JFK, then on to Seattle, and then down from Seattle to Albuquerque and then the bus but <laughs> You're it's kidding, 600 mate. euros though like that's pretty good and it's only going to it'll take maybe 24 hours but most of the trips are going to take 18 hours uh, uh, like uh, uh, of course the thing about you that people can't see mm. is you, you know you 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 give hippies a bad name with your haircuts and your dress and mm. your no socks you're like in fact what you're like mm. is you're like a Franciscan priest who has been kicked out of the order <laughs> so listeners that's why he looks I've like. just come back from Donegal telling you how much you were loved all the people who said you were being you were they loved you in Donegal and all, all you do is attack me alright but yes. the 600 quid thing alright yeah. just on this 24 hours yes. right because it feels like a long way mm-hmm. I went from Dublin the previous trip mm-hmm. Dublin Chicago Aer Lingus yeah. Chicago Houston mm-hmm. with uh, American and it took me 24 hours mm-hmm. and I took two of the most direct flights possible. Mm-hmm. But by the time you're hanging around, mm-hmm. two hours before you fly, you know, all that kind of stuff, it soon adds up. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's so, it's so true. Right. So that's how we're getting there. You get great coffee in Seattle. Yes. So we get out of Santa Fe and we are going up to... Um, 
Ooh, we're going up to Taos. Now, the first thing you're going to go see is Taos Pueblo. Taos Pueblo is the ind- original indigenous settlement where it's the, the people are still living there. So basically, the Indians, the Taos Indians, have been living in this little mud settlement for oh, almost a thousand years. They finished building it. They you know started building in about the 12th century, finished in the early 15th century, and it's untouched since then. And the, they're still living in it. Mud, five-story mud buildings on either side of the Rio Taos uh, Pueblo, the little river that goes through it, and it's it's. It's like the, there's just, they're still making the bread in the old beehive mud oven, an adobe mud oven. They're still making their jewellery and these little pottery pieces out of the earth that's around them. Now, a lot of the people have moved out. They now have a casino, which, you know, is just the latest effort to sort of pollute and ruin Indian culture by giving them permission to build casinos. And Taos Pueblo earned a huge amount of money, actually, from this. But they realised they could never ruin, they could never give up Taos Pueblo. It was their ceremonial grounds. And people still live in, why are there five-storey buildings. Why were they building like that? Because the Navajo Indians were constantly attacking them. So there's no front doors on these buildings. The door is in the roof. You have to climb a ladder, get, get drop into the, oh. to the roof. But it's intriguing to see that sort of culture. Now, the interesting thing, of course, the Pueblo Indians mm-hmm. gave their name to the building because the word Pueblo is now used as a building. Exactly. And now it's been used for yeah, centuries. Yeah. But mm-hmm. but it comes from the Indian, uh, from the tribe who made the buildings, which were then called Pueblos. Yeah, so Pueblos means a little village or a little settlement. Yeah. And these were Indians that settled. So the Navajo didn't. They were roaming. But yeah. the, the New Mexico had 19, or still today they had a lot more, but they now have 19 indigenous Pueblo Indian groups, village Indian groups, settlements. And it's worth visiting. Some of them don't allow tourists in. But each one, it's just, and these are not reservations. These are not, in other words, wild um, nomadic Indians who were forced to settle. They've always been, they've settled for the last, like, a thousand years. So the, the Taos moved. That's were, interesting yeah. because, the, well, certainly for the Plains Indians mm-hmm. of the north, uh, they always follow the buffalo. That's so they were always moving. Exactly. No, these had these grew corn. So they were so they just settled and they grew corn. And so it's worth going to see a lot of them. Like the some of them have had all their land taken away because this is right right, right ne- next door up north is Los Alamos when the Manhattan Project where oh, the atomic that, bomb was built. Right. So during the Second World War, they basically the Pentagon took all of the land off one of the the, the next nearest um Pueblo um, settlement to Santa Fe which was San Ildefonso they just took like 80% of their land to left uh, away um, created employment so any of the Indians who wanted who didn't have land anymore they just moved into Las Alamos Laboratories and helped create what was the name of the big bomb um, big brother or little brother can't remember um, and uh yeah, fat, fat boy. Fat, oh, fat, fat boy. Fat boy. Yeah, fat, fat yeah that's right. Now, just uh, because now you're moving into my territory, yeah, yeah, which yeah. of course is World War II history, mm-hmm. um, did, uh, do you now see anything of that uh, original uh, scientific endeavour now? Is yeah. it a place of hardly pilgrimage, <laughs> but is it a place that you'd go it's to It's intriguing. See? So first, as we say, we, so we dealt with how to fly there, American Airlines. You know, you, you, the thing is you're going to rent a car. You either yeah. in Albuquerque or you take the, there's a great bus trip up to Santa Fe and rent a car there. It's worth driving into this area around Las Alamos. You feel there's cameras everywhere. The minute you arrive, this is still a military area. It's, right. They say it's a lot more open now. And they say, I mean, the laboratory are still totally high security you won't get in they've opened up the the Bradbury Museum which is in it's on the it's on the property of Las Alamos Scientific Laboratory and they there's an explanation of how they built the fat man and the, and, and what they what they did and the sort of an explanation on 
what would have happened had they not destroyed all those people in Nagasaki. It's very much propaganda. It's very much looking at it from one particular side. Are you side. against dropping the bomb on Nagasaki I, and Hiroshima? I don't what? know. Like, that would take days to argue, wouldn't it? Uh, well, why don't we have an argument someday about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll have a future travel slot in the next three weeks, which is should we have bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Yeah. We being the <clears throat> free world. Indeed. Um, and then also maybe should anyone have ever died in 1916 should we have shot anyone in Easter Rising and should we be celebrating that equally? we might do that too indeed okay uh, yeah so the thing is so no what they have done Bradbury Museum right outside uh, so yeah. there's part of the laboratory you'll get some glimpse but you're still it's intriguing the amount of cameras you're seeing and the high security you realise there's so much going on in behind those walls that you so have no idea so they are still conducting some kind of scientific experimentation now. yeah and they tell you what it is but it's clearly not the truth they tell you the great <laughs> work they're doing to improve the world at the moment uh, and the, you know how the laboratory is breaking frontiers and all but you realise that they didn't tell any of the Indians like you know there's great stories of, there was buses every day from Santa Fe from the main from just outside that palace of the governors the 16th century building up to Las Almas nobody was told the wives couldn't tell the husbands couldn't tell their wives where they were going what they were doing all day and that happened like right up until the 80s um, anyway well, is there any did did they test in New Mexico they did no? yeah yeah no, exactly they, there's, there's, there's there's craters you can go out into the desert yeah. and see the, oh, the, I mean that's tragic yeah and then to see and to read up on the stories of the cancers that then well um, you see that's the point mm-hmm. what we now know is the half life right. after then and in fact famously mm-hmm. um I, I'm sure the film buffs will tell me, and I might ask Philip Malloy tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The the there was a film called The Conqueror with John Wayne, Susan Hayward, and a whole everybody on the film died of cancer mm-hmm. because they they filmed wow on the site. My God, huh? Are you saying and they John, all died of cancer? Are you saying that's why John Wayne died? Well, I mean, it's an interesting, it's yeah, an interesting yeah, yeah. supposition God. that all the stars uh-huh. on the Conqueror yeah, yeah. died of cancer. So, uh, as I'm saying, why are the Pueblo Indians still living here like a yes. thousand years after? Why? This is their sacred land. So they couldn't give it up. There were some places for some ceremonies that they have to go to a particular river and get a particular herb. Okay. Right. So. When they started uh, uh, dropping bombs on it, they were st- they, the Indians still had to go back to that area and bring the herbs back. So there's, I mean, there's still countless you know cases of families dying and still sort of court cases about about illnesses that were were never were never sort of fully documented. Um, and the beauty is when you go, so to say, there's 19 of these pueblos. It's worth going trying to get in some of them. Some of them, particularly on a feast day, a feast day is when they open up. The, 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 they'll have the local um, rituals on the ceremonial grounds that as I say have been the ceremonial grounds So they're not Christians? No, no uh, okay. Well, uh, yes they are Missionaries came Spanish missionaries came I was going came, to say Christianised them but like the, 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 one of the, the Franciscans beat it into them yeah, but like the great one is the Acoma Sky City Pueblo, which is in the south, actually. It's just near near Albuquerque, where it's this Pueblo settlement on top of a rock escarpment, like 400, 300, 400 feet above the desert. So you have the desert going for miles, this one big sheer plateau of rock, and the, Escar- the, the Acoma City, Sky City Pueblo is on top of it. All the old... Um, the, the, the kivas, the traditional spiritual sacred... Uh, 
settlements where they'd, where they'd gather for rituals. But right next to it is a Catholic church. But inside the Catholic church, instead of the host and Mary and, you know, Jesus and, 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 and the Bethlehem, they have corn stalks and they have rainbows and they have tr- the traditional Indian symbols. So basically they mixed both. both right, the Christians okay. were clever. They mixed the traditional Native American beliefs with Christianity. Just a couple of things about yeah. this as we draw to a close. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to somewhere like New Mexico... yeah. You cannot do it without a card. Now, I mean, you've gone to the wilds of India and Tibet mm-hmm. and Thailand and said, ah, sure, you can get a bus. Mm-hmm. It'll only take you four days, yeah. like, or whatever. Buses don't work. In America. But in no. America. No, they don't. Well, we, they do. They take so long and you're waiting for hours. But we're in agreement. Hours. Yes, I agree with you. I mean, it's a wonderful... No, travelling by Greyhound is such a great experience, but not if you've just a two-week holiday or a one-week holiday. Yeah. So, but, therefore, what you do is you rent a car. Mm-hmm. On the question of rent a car, mm-hmm. um, uh, like, just as it happens, like, um, I use Avis. Mm-hmm. And, and what you discover, again, what people should think about is... You know, because people are re- renting cars increasingly more sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You should always stick with one company Indeed. because, you know, they look after you if they think you're going to come back again. Mm-hmm. And uh, rent your car in advance. Exactly. Definitely do not do it from the airport. Don't exactly. turn up at the airport. No, no. Um, that's right. So, and I mean, the the big one over there is Alamo or National and they tend to be cheapest but then you don't get all the trimmings. So, it's, I mean, what do you, do you call trimmings? Insurance and things? <laughs> wheels and no, engines? And no, sat-nav. Sat-nav is what I call trimmings. Um, sat-nav is not free kit. No, right. Yeah, it's always so you cost. pay for the sat-nav. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. The, 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 I mean, there's all... The, the, the national parks are there. So whole parks where the Indians still lived in caves, uh, not, not anymore, but where they lived in caves or where these, these ladders up to the caves. One of the greatest is Bandelier National Park. Again, it's near Los Alamos and you feel that some bits have been taken away from it to, for, for scientific purposes and bombing. Okay. But you get this sense of a history, of classic World War II history with a thousand-year-old Native American history and some, and some great art and, and opera. Like in southern New Mexico, it is worth it. Absolutely. Well, there it is. It is northern New Mexico. No, southern New Mexico. Southern. Uh, southern. That's Santa Fe and Taos is... is uh, northern New Mexico. Northern New Mexico. Thank you so One much. One of us is a travel expert, and I begin to think it's not the ex-Francesca. <laughs> oh, no. It's oh, northern guess. New Mexico. Yes, Can exactly. we agree? Yes, I agree. It's I'm Santa sorry. Fe, Taos, yes. and the region. Do you want to fall on my sword? Yes. <laughs> I can grovel if you want. Mongol McGann will be back next week groveling as usual.